When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Live from New York. It's the show that has to play 65 shows in order to qualify for any awards. And I'm not going to make it. No, no. You've got a lot of vacations. I think it's unfair. Yeah. I don't want I love it. I love that rule. Today, look to the sky. It's Joe Montana. It's Drew Brees. Uh It's a mobile Jimmy G. No, Brock Purdy. What's his ceiling? And what will it be with a Super Bowl win? Meanwhile, you're not going to believe this. Latest article says the Jets are a dysfunctional team. No. Is Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't thrown for 300 yards in 24 games, the problem or the solution? Wilds, I think you need to update the Rodgers thing to days. Because since he didn't play this year, you didn't get that would really look good. I do days. Yeah, let's do days. It'll it'll be better. Okay, Josh. Yeah, let's get on that. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. And finally, the most motivational segment in all of sports. It's the Budless. There's Dak Prescott. Wow. Huh. Alongside Nick Wright. Is he on the bud list? I don't know. You were in charge. It's your bud list. Yeah. No, he's not. Okay. (laughs) Any any late additions to the bud list? You seem upset about LeBron. It was tough because there was some basketball. You know, Darvin Ham almost made it. Dame. I mean, they go back to Portland and lose. How's Doc Rivers going? Do you not have enough? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you look. Wild, same old thing. He he says he's for me, then he cuts my segment. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We start with the first things first, boy. Again, Brewers has not picked well, 49. Well, then why is it like I that? I don't know. <laughs> why? I mean, we, we, I, I'm, I'm grinding. I'm, every day I'm looking at yeah. the All-22. I'm yep. studying. I'm going over plays and everything. Yeah. I haven't made up my mind yet. Okay. Are we headed for a Super Bowl shootout? Don't answer that. Yes, according to Alex Smith, who does not trust a 49ers defense that's gotten chewed up by Jared Goff and Jordan Love. Take a listen. Like this, this 49er defense doesn't do a lot. They don't present a lot of volume. Um, I, I think he, they're going to be in for it. The, the only chance I think the Niners have to win is a little bit of a shootout. And again, this Chiefs defense just continues to elevate their game. Okay, there you go. Your reaction to your old buddy Alex Smith. I think a spot-on analysis by what was up until, you know, five years ago, the greatest Chiefs quarterback of my lifetime with respect to Trent Green, the, the great Dawson, Alex Smith. Um, this is, and this is why I think San Francisco's in such a rough spot. Because if Kansas City can block San Francisco's front, and I think they will be able to even without Tooney, <coughs> and, and Tooney might play but might not, but Allegretti did a, good did a job, great job yeah. against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I think Kansas City, even with the wide receivers that were you know a big topic of conversation all year, can carve up the San Francisco back end. I think the only way San Francisco can win is in a shootout, and the problem is well, a couple things. One is Kansas City doesn't get in shootouts. But first, let's show you San Francisco this year. They don't win low-scoring games. They are unbeatable if they get to 24. Right. If they're under 24, they so they haven't won any game like what Kansas City did against Baltimore. A low-scoring defensive struggle on both sides of the ball. But here's the other piece of it. Kansas City doesn't let you score. So I've told you before, they've allowed 30-plus <coughs> once in the last 36 games. But this is the team, most games in a season, allowing under 25 points. So Kansas City is tied for the most ever. I understand the season's now a game longer, so take that for what you will. But 19 of their 20 games this year, they have allowed under 25 points. The only team that didn't win the Super Bowl was actually Andy Reid's 0-1 Eagles. If you then expand that, and this is via Scott Kazmier, shout out to him, to games allowing under 28. The Chiefs are at 100%. Every game this year, they've allowed 100. Uh, they've allowed under 28. Every other team that did something like that, 
won the Super Bowl. And so I don't think a shootout is likely, and I do think a shootout is San Francisco's only path. So, yeah, I agree with them, but I think that's bad news for well, the Well, look, it's like that's why they say defense wins championships. Yeah, well, your that. defense is great. That's right. you right. Well, you the banner that said like that once, weeks if ago. you remember. <laughs> yeah. Catch it on. And what I've been disappointed in in these last few weeks is San Francisco's defense. True. All right, I get it. Brock has started off to some, you know, slow starts, but he's obviously come through. The defense, the way they've been run on, and they were a good run defense during the season. But these last two playoff games, they gave up 180-some-odd yards. Last week to Detroit rushing, 130-something to Green Bay before that. If they, I'm not so much worried about their back end. I'm worried about their stopping the run. If Isaiah Pacheco is able to get seven yards here, six yards there, eight yards there, then they're going to be in trouble. And, and so I think they have to stop the run. Now I think they'll be somewhere in the middle. I don't think they'll get gashed like they did against Detroit running the ball, and I don't think they'll totally shut them down. I think also, Nick, unlike Baltimore, I think they are going to say, look, and this is what I would do, Kelsey's not beating us. Like, if Rasheed Rice or MBS or somebody beats us, fine. We are stopping him. He is not going to have a heyday. Nobody hey can do that. saying that for but, years. But every team has it. I mean, been regular season, we saw some games where they no, but doubled in the playoffs, and didn't no get No, but in the playoffs, no one can do that. Well, they got, well, most of those playoffs, they had a Tyreek Hill to worry no, about. No, but the last six games, they haven't, and he's killed everybody. This year, this is what I would do. I mean, and I, Kelsey's great. He's probably the greatest tight end ever. But that's got to be a focus. It's not, not going to happen. And if, if Rasheed or one of these other guys beats me, I can live with that. But that's what they have to do. Shoot out. Look, they're going to have to be able to score. Can they run on Kansas City? That's going to be – they're going to have to have the run game. And then I, th- I do think their skilled players on the outside can – I know Kansas City's defensive backs are great, mm-hmm. but I, tr- I think they got great receivers as well and Kittle, obviously. So, I think they can have some success. Against them. I'm seeing the Chiefs in the mid-20s. And I think the question is, can San Francisco – no, I'm not picking. Can San Francisco get get to 27? Yeah, which would be the most points any team has scored on Kansas City all year. The the Kelsey thing is a non-starter. I've tried to come up with several solutions to stopping Travis Kelsey, whether it's double-teaming. I also broke out this. Remember when you're passing Kelsey the ball? Yeah. Put your hand out, yeah. let the ball hit your hand yeah. instead of Kelsey's. None of it works. And I and smarter minds than me, it's like he's not running conventional routes. You're supposed to be well, guarding yeah, what's on the tape, and he's doing weird. something else. And, and him and Mahomes have a mind melt, so that's unstoppable. The question for you is – Can I expand on that just real sure. quick? It, as good as Fred Warner is, no team is built to better stop Kelsey than Baltimore. Because they have two excellent inside backers like San Francisco does, but they also right. have Kyle Hamilton, and San Francisco obviously lost to Fonda. Yeah. And Kelsey was targeted 11 times, had 11 catches. Yeah. And Mahomes is yelling, yes. he, he, they can't guard you. Yes. He can't guard you. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, but go ahead. Uh, the question for you is, do you think Mahomes is going to have a similar game plan Try if he gets out to an early lead? Put it in cruise control, or do you think he's going to be like it's shootout time? So I don't. So stage. this is what is so fascinating is while Mahomes in his non Super Bowls has never started poorly in the playoffs. The only the, the, so in his non Super Bowls he has always started hot, and I think the Chiefs have scored on their opening drive in nine consecutive playoff games, eight or wow. nine consecutive playoff games. Uh, but he, and that includes last year's Super huge. Bowl, but then they slowed down yep. a bit after that. But every Super Bowl, they have trailed at halftime. Every Super Bowl, they have, you know what I mean, they have started slow. The, two, the, the Niners won, they were down 10 points with six and a half minutes left. The Eagles won, they were down 10 points at halftime. Right. And obviously the Bucks won, they were trailing start to finish in that game. So I find it... it the very fascinating on can Kansas City flip the script to a degree mm-hmm. where the game is played on their terms the way the Baltimore game was. I, I don't know, but what I do think is that the one thing Patrick Mahomes has never done in his career is have a start to finish brilliant Super Bowl. 
So I thought the Eagles game, he was damn near flawless, but he only threw for like 180 yards, if you remember, because they didn't, they, they had so few time of possession early in the game, they scored defensively. Which is obviously the, yeah. the Niners Super Bowl, he was amazing in the second half, or in the fourth quarter, really, Late. was all. And Tampa Super Bowl struggled the whole time. So that's, I, I don't think he's going to want to put it in cruise control ever, but I also think that if they get a two score lead, they are, and I'm not saying I'm predicting that, they're going to make San Francisco prove they can make it a one-score game before they start to be very aggressive like they did against Baltimore. But, again, they can just and chip Campbell. their way down the field. That's what they did against Baltimore. Yep. It was, you know, just moving down the field. Right, two years in, and Brock already headed wow. to the Second Super Bowl. Year? Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. Uh, has yet to lose a playoff game where he didn't require surgery afterwards. And the best is yet to come, according to this conversation between Brock and Bosa. Take a listen. So the fact that you just are doing this, it's my mind, all of us, bro. All of us. It's crazy. Did you think you'd be this good? I think I've asked these before. I know, but did you, like, how much confidence did you have? That was the second pick of the draft, and I lacked confidence. I part about the game, but... Love it. Yeah, we, I no, love yeah, it. We know. It's a little weird. We, the really? whole thing just. Uh, do you think it was for the cameras? I, I think, or you think they called? I, I think they I were aware. It was sincere. I mean, who yeah. is that? Is that the PR? The team the, PR? I, I don't. I don't know. It said Netflix, so I'm not. I'm not sure. The but know. but go okay, ahead. Wild. What's the question? The question was, what's Brock's ceiling? Well, first of all, like I said, I love this because <laughs> to me now. Are they acting? I don't think they were acting, but okay. I, let's assume they were sincere. If they were acting, Purdy's the caliber actor you are, which is <laughs> hey, not I'll, good. I'll be there. I get that SAG. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a SAG. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, con, that check every okay. year. Um, <laughs> How much To me, for? this says yeah, those Bosa. Like 70, 75 cents? <laughs> no, I said some okay. dollars. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, to Sorry. me, this hundreds, actually. This <laughs> no, says Bosa. No, it is. It is. No, Let him go. 250-something dollars. 250? Yeah. I was good. All right. It doesn't have a bearing on your performance. <laughs> Bosa. Yeah. Hashtag reality high. Shout out. <laughs> Randy Broussard. Yeah. Um, Bosa, to me, this shows that Bosa really believes in Brock. Yeah. Like, he's really impressed with what Brock Purdy does. This wasn't at a press conference saying the right thing for the no. media. Yeah, I'm going to back my teammate, of course. This was these two guys. He didn't have to go up to him and say that. Oh, All right. Okay. So, I like that. Secondly, I love Purdy's response because Purdy was like, when he's like, are you surprised you, you're this good? He, what, he ain't surprised. Purdy is not surprising. He was like, yo, it's part of the game. When I put on my shoulder pads, I believe I'm going to get it done. That's what I took. I believed I was this good at Perry High School in suburban uh, Phoenix. All right, that's what I got from there. Now, what's his ceiling? Yeah. You're going to like this, Nick. Hall of Fame. Okay. That is the ceiling. Will he reach it? We'll see. But that is the ceiling. If they win this Super Bowl, yeah. and even next year, they don't have to pay him next year. So let's, even if they don't win it, but next year he comes back, has a similar year, maybe not even quite as good as this, okay. but plays well, similar year. Yeah. They're in the mix again. Maybe, maybe they, he wins the Super Bowl at some point in his career. Then... How in the world is he not? We see he can put up numbers. Now, I'm not – look, I'm not – Mahomes obviously is a Hall of Famer. Jackson because of the – Lamar because of the two MVPs. Mm -hmm. Josh probably no. – Burrow – No, Josh he's Allen saying, probably. No, he's no, saying, he's I'm saying – No, I'm saying – what I'm saying is Purdy is not in the class of a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow if he's healthy, where we're saying they're, they they're going to be, be Hall of Famers. Yeah, they're going to be Hall of Famers. What okay. I'm saying is his, this guy's ceiling, because of the way he wins, because of his numbers, why not? And look at this. There's, this is Brock Purdy's numbers versus a Hall of Famer, oh. Drew Brees, first two years. Did Brees look like a Hall of Famer? He did not. Purdy's whipping him in everything. There are other Hall of Famers we could throw that up against. So, his so he's off to a great start. He's in a good system. Okay. You know, we'll see when he gets paid, like you said, what, what they have around him. But, yeah, that's his ceiling. And you think he can – his ceiling. ceiling from a player comp perspective is Breeze, right? Because you said that, I but then you got he, mad when I said no, it No, I'd say he reminds me. I see a lot of Drew Breeze okay. in him. But so I, I'm not going to say he – he can be a Hall of Famer and be not quite as good as Drew Breeze. Sure, yeah. But I think his ceiling – 
I, like I a will low not be like it, if 15 years from now he's a. We know he's going to be a Hall of Famer even 10 years from now. I'm not going to be surprised, and y'all okay. going to be eating crow. That, that's fine. I I I will be surprised if Brock Purdy's oh. in the Hall of Fame. You don't even think that's his ceiling? No, I don't think it's his ceiling. I have a great I have a great answer though. A great answer. There's this is real analysis, no pom pom waving, mm-hmm. and not trying to hold any priors against him. I think Brock Purdy's ceiling is Mark Brunel. So Mark Brunel was also a late round pick. Mm-hmm. Mark Brunel was also a bit undersized. Mark Brunel also had early postseason success. Didn't get to a Super Bowl, got to an AFC title game. Mark Brunel also did it on a team with a Hall of Fame left tackle in Baselli, great receivers in McCardo and Jimmy Smith, great running back in Fred Taylor, and was really good. He made three Pro Bowls, led the league in passing yards once, never was a guy you're like, is he the best quarterback in football? No, but had a nice six-year run where he was good every year. I think that's, and that's, so that's, by the way, I guarantee you the Niners would sign up in a heartbeat for that from Brock Purdy. For a Mark Brunel, you know, numbers adjusted to this era, if you will, but where you have five or six years where he is consistently one of the six or seven or eight best quarterbacks in football, they would love that. And that is, so to me, that's his ceiling. I don't think Hall of Fame or Drew Brees is on the the list of viable options, but I think Mark, and that is, I Again, a compliment, I feel. Mark Brunel had a hell of a career, multi-time pro bowler, and did it at, you know, best utilizing the excellent weapons around him, was able to make some plays with his legs as well as Brock showed us. Never in the MVP conversation, though. No, but I also don't, I guess, Brunel. Because I think think you would have to admit, Purdy, whether you agree, you obviously don't agree with him being in the conversation, but wouldn't you admit, and there's a clip online we, we talked about, when Purdy first became the starter, when Garoppolo got hurt. Wouldn't you admit, though, he has far surpassed your expectations? Yes. Okay. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I your, yours too. Yeah, yeah I had no idea. What he's I mean. literally of surpassed everyone's expectations. But I'm just saying that. he could continue I, to. Because I, I think he's going to get better, too. So I, don't just you? real quick on the – so I don't I – don't, he, I think he might get better as a player, and this will be statistically the best year he ever had. I think that is likely. I think because right now I feel the statistics are inflated by the talent around him, and I don't know that he's always going to have it. I also, though, think the MVP conversation part, we have to acknowledge that prior to this year, or last year, I don't know if it was last year, this year's the first time, there really wasn't a definitive MVP conversation right, at the end of the year because right. you no, only voted for true. one person. Person. So would would peak Mark Brunel have finished fifth? You know, would he have gotten some fifth place votes? I'd have that's to go fair. back and look at some of the years. I think maybe one of the years. So I think that's a little different. Don't you think that Mahomes, he's not favored, but part of Mahomes' greatness and our confidence in Mahomes in this Super Bowl is because he's been here before and he has all this playoff experience. So when we talk about young quarterbacks, the fact that Brock is in the Super Bowl, just had his second championship conference championship game, that he has a head start of development over Trevor who played half a good yeah. playoff game or any the, any other these any CJ played great but we talked about like, wow CJ so, so that's not the real playoffs I would use because I think CJ and Trevor both have a great playoff game under their belt by the way which is the same amount that Brock Purdy has so I sure. uh, and so Brock has had one great playoff game he's had he's had two the nice first comebacks one against Seattle. yes yeah, I, I would inc- look I would I, include that that game last week as a great game Okay. Even though right. he struggled okay. early. Okay, I, I get it. That, he struggled early, that's, but that's come fine. On. But I, I count the comeback. I mean, that's good. sometimes. Mahomes won MVP it, in a similar way, right? Didn't play well the first half against San Francisco. Came the, back late and was MVP. The, like that was fair a great enough. I, I, I would, I, I, I would take some issue with that, but that's not the point. And Trevor wasn't I, great in that first half either. No, I, when I, they were down 27-0. So has for, he had a full game? Okay, fair enough. The the point I'm trying to make is. The playoff experience, sometimes it matters a lot, and sometimes, with respect, love the guy as a colleague, it's Mark Sanchez. Sometimes your first year and second year, you win road playoff games, you get to back-to-back he AFC wasn't title games. not like, like the, McPurdy, though. No, I, I understand defense. that, but, I, but I'm, the, I get that. I'm simply saying I don't, 
I don't know how much this is going to pay dividends in the future if they get rolled in 10 days. All right, Super Bowl MVP odds. Mahomes is in the lead, even though the 49ers are favored. Then the game manager, followed by McCaffrey, Kelsey, and Debo. The question is, and Brew, you can go here, who is the best non-quarterback bet to win the MVP? I'm going to say McCaffrey. Um, Kelsey, the thing with Kelsey is every pass he catches is going to be thrown by Mahomes. Unless he has some huge, you know, run-after-catch type thing that's spectacular, he's unlikely to get it over Mahomes. Can I put put a, a pin in that, though? Yeah. Cooper Cup won for the Rams and Edelman right. won too. So it's not like no, that's, they're the last that's two that's wide, wide receivers to win. So, but go yeah, ahead. but I, I, I just if I think Mahomes would because Kelsey again most of the passes have been short, you know things like that. Um, second would be Kittle because Kittle could have a big run after the catch, that. you know. So I'm, I'm going with McCaffrey first and then Kittle. So I listen. I think that there's some context here, right? So the last running back to win Super Bowl MVP. If you haven't looked it up, it'll shock you. Terrell Davis. Yeah. This has been 25 years. Since the last running back won it, five receivers have won it, and four defensive players have won it. Everyone else is a quarterback that has won it. Oddly, the only positions to never win MVP, offensive line and kicker punter, obviously, uh, and tight end. Tight ends never won it. The running back, to me, the smart bet, would be Isaiah Pacheco. If the Chiefs, if you think the Chiefs are going to win, they pound the run, all of that. That's not the bet I would make, though. I, I would, if you are trying to find a non-quarterback MVP, I don't think it's the name on the screen. I think Chris Jones is a fascinating one. Love it. So Chris Jones, it's, by the way, 140 to 1. So 100 bucks would pay out a $14,000 if he were to win it. But <laughs> is nice. there a scenario yeah, for Chris nice. Jones that he has a strip sack, yeah. that he has a tip pass that turns into an interception? Mm-hmm. You've talked, Another Brew, a lot about the Niners' interior part of their offensive line being weak, that Chris Jones could dominate from there. If Mahomes does win it, though, Wilds, it's not only that he ties Montana as the only people with three. Brady obviously has five. He would be the first player ever to win three in a row as far as his team winning the Super Bowl. Because Montana, it went Montana, Montana, Rice, then he won another one. Brady won two, and then it was Branch, won another two, and then it was Edelman. So nobody's ever done three Super Bowl MVPs for their own team in a row. So Mahomes will be trying to do that. I I like Chris Jones a lot. 140 to one. Uh, Yeah, like the... The Niners would be harder because there's correct, and there's too many other Niners that you know could potentially make those splash plays for the Chiefs, especially with a Minahu out. You would expect to be Chris Jones if he's going to do it. Von Miller, last defensive player to win. Okay, Dan Quinn headed to Washington. Next on FS1 in the Fox Sports Channel Series XM. Getting ready to take on spring. Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. As we celebrate Black History Month, I'd like to recognize four men who were reintegrated into professional football in 1946. Kenny Washington, a former UCLA running back who shared the same backfield with Jackie Robinson and Woody Strode in one of the most celebrated backfields in college football history. Washington signed a contract with the Los Angeles Rams when African-American players were banned from league play. Just months after he joined the Rams, the team signed Woody Strode. In that same year, a little-known coach named Paul Brown of the struggling Cleveland Browns signed running back Marion Motley and defense alignment Bill Willis, thereby integrating a startup league called the AFL. These four signings marked a significant moment in black history that would change the sport forever. Welcome back to the show. Dan Quinn is the new coach of the Commanders after three years at the helm of the Cowboys defense, which was consistently one of the best units in the league last two years. Top five scoring defense, number one pressure rate, and thrived on defensive touchdowns. 
Uh, Brew, Coach Mangini is here, but Brew, we'll start with you. How much will the Cowboys miss Dan Quinn? Well, Quinn was great. I mean, remember what the defense was like before he got there. Yep. It was terrible. Mike Nolan was the D.C. They were, like, near the bottom of the league. Quinn turns around immediately, but it, they might hire – one of the favorites is Joe Witt Jr., who, who's been on their staff with Quinn. So he was in Atlanta with Mike Quinn, then went to with Dallas. Went, I'm sorry, with yeah. Dan Quinn. Yep. Then went to Dallas with Quinn a few years ago. So I like – if it's him, I like the continuity. They won't change up much. Nolan had them running a defense that wasn't even built for their personnel. The Mike is still going to be there. The rest of the players defensively for the most part are still going to be there. So, Coach, I think they'll be good. I think they'll be fine without Quinn assuming they bring in this guy who does it Quinn's way, may have a different personality, but it's you're not going to be changing the defense completely. Well, the, the personality is a big component of it, and I think they're going to miss him a lot. And, and being a former head coach, you can, you can turn that side of the ball over. So that frees up Mike McCarthy to really focus on the offense. And, and, and Dan was able to handle problems. Dan was able to, to relate to guys in, in different ways, to rally the troops in, in different ways. He was my defensive line coach in New York, and the thing that I always loved about him is that I didn't ever have to address things with his unit. So he, he could always take care of those things. They were always extremely well coached. They, play hard, they played hard. They were well prepared. So the, the X and O part is, is one element of it, and you may get continuity with another coordinator, but the value that he brings from a mm. stabilizing perspective and from giving Mike McCarthy the freedom to, to really just focus on the offense is huge. Yeah, I think it's a massive blow for Dallas. And despite the fact that I think it's a big blow for Dallas, and I have a lot of respect for Dan Quinn, I don't understand it for Washington. So, and here's the it is not the idea that you can only hire offensive minded head coaches. I think we've seen a lot of defensive minded head coaches have a lot of success. Obviously, Belichick was, but he's not the only one. Tomlin has. Harbaugh was special teams coach. But Washington's about to draft a quarterback at number two. And so the opportunity to marry that quarterback's growth with an offensive head coach that can be there if everything works out for the next decade, whether it be you have to pay a ton of money for Ben Johnson, you had Eric Bieniemy in-house, that to me from Washington's perspective would have made the most sense. And then from Dallas's perspective, you lose him in the division where at the very least he is going to, you know, you're going to have to deal with him knowing your tendencies twice a year. And Bruce right that if you remember what would – now, one of the things that happened when they got Dan Quinn, it's also when they drafted Micah, and so that you got a transcendent talent to help the defense. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of discussion about how Dallas's defense was – it wasn't just the, what they were running, but it was that the players didn't seem to understand what they were supposed to be running. And Quinn settled that all down, and so it's a real loss. And as I said yesterday, one of my resolutions for 2024 is to take coordinating seriously, to not overlook – you know what I mean? That when a sure. team loses its coordinator – like, oh, they're just going to be fine. They're going to replace it. Well, just to respond to what you said, with, with the head coaching job, you, you don't necessarily want an offensive guy or a defensive guy. You want a, you want a head coach. And, and the value in hiring a defensive head coach is typically they're willing to draft a lot more on the other side of the ball because you think I can fix the problems with lower-level draft picks, with free agents. If my offense coordinator needs you know, the first right. round, the second round, the third round, oh, you're willing to do that. Houston. Because you, you, feel, yeah, you feel so much more confident knowing that you can fix the problems on your side of the ball. You want to push those resources to the other side of the ball, and that should allow them to support the quarterback if they go get him. Not so with Bill Belichick. <laughs> we kept drafting defense. Quite a few tight ends drafted. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, Michael Parsons back on the podcast scene, bro. Don't know if you tuned in. Him back, I did. Too. Oh, it's excellent. Uh, he's reacting to Jerry Jones' commitment to treat this season like Nick in the Bahamas with Barry with Barry Jacks when the flop top sets the stone nuts. He's all in. All right, that wasn't what? That, no, you didn't get it. You didn't get it that time. Oh, Barry Jacks. We talking about we're going all in this year, man. That's what I would hope for. You know, I'm 24 years old. I've been in this league, you know, three years, and I kind of seen it all. And uh, I hope that we go all in. I hope that we go out and get the players that we're missing because we didn't do that this year. Coach, you loved it? I, I, I hated it. I hated it. I hated every part of it. And I think it's completely disingenuous. And, and, 
And I want to take you on a quick Micah Parsons journey. Okay, so let's go look at training camp, what he said in training camp, if we can bring that up. He talked about the team being in the, in the level of the Legion of Doom, uh, Ray Lewis's Ravens. That's how talented this Dallas defense was. That's all the parts they had. Okay, let's fast forward now to after the San Francisco game. We have the same talent. We have the same standard as them. Okay, so now we're in the middle of the season. We got the same talent as the team that's in the Super Bowl. Okay, let's see what one of the ex-teammates said about them. Okay, we don't have linebackers. Guess what, Micah? You were supposed to be a linebacker. What does he say? He doesn't want to play linebacker because there's a lot involved in it. It's harder. It's not rushing the passer. So there's a part that's missing that, that you could easily fill. And then let's go to this, this final one here. Okay, I don't think I could have done anything more to try to win that game. I have no regrets about how I performed or what I put in the game. Thanks for your one tackle. You gave up 40 points. You couldn't have done any more. You're right. You're the defensive player of the year. You're, you're, all, you're 24. You're setting the league on fire. But you couldn't have done any more in that game than that one tackle that you got. So... Congratulations. I hope they get the parts too, Micah. I hope they get the parts too. <laughs> so, all right, coach. That was, that, I mean, that well was great, done, coach. coach. And I, yes. you guys know I don't like to say this. I totally agree with you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, say it loud the, uh, and say it proud. I hate this from Micah. And it's to me, it's nonsense. Because whatever you think of the Cowboys' talent ceiling, it was not getting whacked at home by the seventh right. seed. So it would be if they had played the Niners in the conference championship game and the Niners put it to them a second time, again, I don't think this would be the right necessarily public comments. But if the answer is, you know what, they beat us every year in the playoffs, we don't have the horses. They, are, they, are, they have better personnel than us, so be it, even if the, the, he's not the best messenger for it. You lost to the youngest team, what, in the playoffs in 50 yeah. years? You, you, your defense, I understand was, they scored 48, but seven was a pick six, so the defense allowed 41. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. And nobody looks at the Cowboys as a team – just don't have enough good players. Right. Like right. that's again, maybe not to win the Super Bowl, but that is you didn't get even halfway to the end of the journey. And so I just think it's a cop out. And coach is right, it's a cop out because the NFC championship game, Brew, was his least production of any yeah. game all year. Now I'm sure that he was being doubled and they schemed for him, but it's his worst game of the season from a production standpoint. So I didn't like it. I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. I will say though, I do think there are two things they need. All right, I think they need a meat eater at running back. Somebody like a, if they could get Derrick Henry, I don't know if they can, but you, if you could get a guy like that, or, you know, there's a lot of running backs that can do this, but a big running back that can pound the defense, take some of those hits, and then let Pollard do what he does, and Dak doesn't have to carry you like he, they wanted him to do this year. He was fine against the tomato cans and some of the good teams, but we saw what happened in the playoffs. Defensively, Coach, too, and maybe this is – because Micah won't go to linebacker, but they need to get a little bigger. They're playing small and fast, and then some of the bigger, more physical teams can rough them up. So I think they need some size defensively. So I agree with you guys saying it doesn't sound right coming from him because all year he's saying we got enough. But these two areas I do think they need to fix. And, and I think the other thing that goes into being great is accountability. Yeah. So I, if you want to be great, and, and he's, he has the potential to be great, why don't you start with a little accountability, what he can do better? Why don't you lead that group in ways that, that, that justifies your talent instead of sitting around saying, oh, it's a scheme, it's the missing pieces, it's this. No, well, it's what can you do differently to have a different result. Well, that's the other thing. The other thing he said in the podcast was people were talking about him not playing linebacker as much, and he was like – he. He basically just put it on the coaches. He was like, I'm not calling the personnel packages. I'm not calling the scheme. We were out-schemed. It was a yeah, lot. It's hard to call a package when a guy doesn't want to do it. Well, well, but no, we don't want to but do even it. if what that part is true, that those that the, Dan Quinn wasn't calling for those packages in that game, just the your best player needs to be your most accountable player. He's their best player. And if I don't think the Cowboys will do this, but if I'm Steven Jones – and Micah's agent is coming to me, which he will this offseason, for the biggest contract for any defensive player in the history of football, I might play this podcast for him and be like, well, we could do that, but your client says we need more talent. So we can, free up, the money we can free up some money. Like, again, Gotta and I can defend Micah but... all year, but I, I thought this was a really bad look, guys. Yeah, because he needs to hire a podcast producer. <laughs> he does. 
They're like, you know what? That's, that's the missing part on the podcast. It is. Some- <laughs> like, you know what? Let's do that one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Kay Adams had Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown on her show and had a pretty straightforward prescription for the Eagles' new O.C. Kellen Moore. Take a listen. Okay, if you could have one wish and say, Kellen Moore, this is what I need for next season, this is what I want you to bring into this locker room, bring to this offense, what would that be? Oh, just just let us do what we do. What does that mean? <laughs> like like anybody else, say, just, just give us the ball. That's how I feel. Yeah, just do what you do. Yeah, <laughs> it makes it's, sense. It's such an easy game. <laughs> you know, there's no there's no strategy. Just do what you do. It's a lot of work out. So much. What's no, the question, I, I, think it, I think it just simplifies things for everybody. Yeah. Just do what you By do. the way, I do think that was actually do, do what you do right now. the game plan last year, which was just get the ball to A.J. Brown, chuck it up, he's it down. It worked for a long time. What, 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 what's the question, weeks, though? Right? Do you expect the Eagles to take a leap forward? No. No, no, no. I think it's more likely they go backwards than forwards. Really? Really? With Vic Fangio? Okay, so Vic Fangio I like a lot. I don't. I don't want to be mean, so I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I'm agnostic since, since on when? No, yeah. I don't. Right. I have no reason to believe Kellen Moore's good. <laughs> I just don't. I just I know that well, I know he, he left. Good, good job he went. Year. He left Dallas, and their offense got better. He showed up in Los Angeles, and their offense got worse. That's, so that Fair is point. again small That's sample, but not not great. Now, initially, he got a lot of credit for what Dak looked like with him. But we have seen Dak put up great numbers as a rookie way before he got there and put up his best season ever right now after him. We've never seen Justin Herbert struggle as much as he did this year with him. And so I don't know if offensively the offense is going to look like it did under Steichen or be at that level. I do think... They are going to miss Jason Kelsey if he is, in fact, retiring. Brandon Graham might also be gone. So some of their best culture, veteran leaders could be gone. I don't think they have great defensive personnel outside of the D-line. And so all those things, like a step back would just mean missing the playoffs. Do I think they can miss the playoffs? Absolutely. Well, he didn't have the secret sauce. He's got that now, so that's good. (laughs) Fletcher Cox could be gone, too. I think the addition of Vic is is positive. Vic doesn't usually have a, a... overwhelming impact on the defense. He has a really good impact on the defense, but I don't know if it's going to be a complete turnaround right away, but it should be significantly better than it was. And then with Kellen, there is a sentiment that he's very quarterback friendly and and a lot of quarterbacks like his system. So hopefully that can can push Jalen back to where he was. I am with you a little bit. Is Jalen what we saw before or is it what we saw last year and I think the jury's out and you throw as many picks this year as you did the previous two seasons he went back in almost every statistical category I'll give him an asterisk because usually when you sign a big deal there is a and he seemed like he was hurt all back it looked like he was hurt Um, so should it be better they they've about middle of the road cap wise they've got good draft picks it, it it's going to be hard, I think, to be worse than they were at the end of the year. Right. I, I definitely think they're taking a step forward. Okay. All right. I think Vic Fangio, their main problem, they had a lot of problems, but that defense was bad even when they were winning. And so I think Fangio helps that. I don't think it becomes top five, but I think it becomes significantly better, as you said. Offensively, you're right what you said about Kellen Moore. We don't – he's been disappointing, yeah. let's say that, last, this past year. But I do believe in him, and I think he's going to be better for the offense. And they got the tools. You got two great receivers. You got – DeAndre Swift is a good running back. You, you got, obviously, the tight end. You got the quarterback who, yes, he has something to prove. But I think this season, Coach, if they're made of anything mm-hmm. internally, this season's going to motivate them because it's almost inexplicable what happened. And I don't think they didn't believe in Sirianni. 
enough players have come out and, and you know, sided with him sure. and backed him. I think they lost faith in the coordinators. Now, some of that's on him, but now they got new coordinators who probably they respect. So I think they're going to be better. I know they ended terribly, but they were an 11-win playoff team. That's where they were. So anything beneath that is a step back. Yeah. They won 11 games and went to the playoffs. Like I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. A new article in The Athletic by Zach Rosenblatt and Diana Rossini. Autopsy to the Jets season. Here's an interesting quote. It's just such a bleeping mess. <laughs> One Jets coach That's told the coach. Athletic, something has to change. Rodgers isn't the assistant GM, one AFC general manager told the Athletic. Joe Douglas is the assistant GM. Ooh, there's like a little button you can press while you're reading the article. It goes, ooh. <laughs> Rodgers is coming back and the defense is pretty good. So should Jets fans be optimistic? I would say absolutely not. I couldn't believe I, – I was watching the herd yesterday uh, – Friend of the show, Jordan Schultz, said, yeah, with Rodgers back, they should win nine, ten games. Craig, said, Craig this huh? morning was talking about how with Rodgers coming back, they'll be a top-tier AFC contender. So let's just go down from top down to the organization. I think they have bad ownership. I think Woody Johnson medals. I don't think he always necessarily uh, sticks to what he says he's going to do. I think he empowers the wrong people. I think Joe Douglas is actually a pretty decent GM, but he has ceded all power to the shadow GM Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Not a great idea. For two. I have no reason to believe Robert Sala is an NFL <clears throat> head coach, but he does seem to be very paranoid about what people are saying and writing about him, saying he wants to take people's phones, asking for people to commission studies about how other coaches have done when when their quarterbacks go down. You don't need a study. Well. And, yeah. It's about 10 And, and <laughs> I don't trust the coaching staff, meaning okay. the uh, Hackett, Oh, for five. And Rodgers is 40 coming off a blown Achilles. And how long has it been wild since he threw for 300 yards? I'm glad you asked. Yeah. So it's been 24 uh, games, games, but yeah. he missed a lot of games. Yeah. So we just did days. Yeah. Today it's been 781 days since he threw for 300 yards. So it'll be yards. over 1,000 by the time the 1,001 if they play Sunday. Yeah. If they play on that Thursday game, yeah. which I wouldn't expect. Exactly. It'd be a little and bit And so, less. no, I just I – don't, I don't think, Coach, you can have success if the most important, powerful people in the organization are not aligned and competent. And I don't know that the Jets have that. Well, they just fired the assistant GM, so I guess that's the big offseason move. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, you're right in a lot of points. The, the GM's been there five years. They haven't had a winning season since he's been there. Head coach hasn't had a winning season since he's been there. And you've got Rodgers, who I was really optimistic about, but now we're a year removed. We're coming off an injury. That's problematic. We saw the issues that, that took place throughout the course of the season. And then what's been the ongoing personnel problem that they've had? Offensive line. Offensive yeah. line. So they've tried to address it. They've had two number ones that they've drafted at two, two fours. But, but this ongoing problem, can we just pull up this, this quote quickly? He tacked number one problem with Gusto. With Gu- Gusto. Gusto. Yeah. Douglas started talking about the offensive line as an introductory news conference. He made it a priority that he would spend up, mm. up to 75% his free agent funds on the time, at the time. So he's been talking about fixing the offensive line since his introductory press conference, and here we are, you know, five years later, and it's still a yeah, huge 13 problem. 13 different starting combinations in 17 games. Yeah, look, I agree with you guys, but I'm, from a Jets fan perspective, context, they should be optimistic Why? because there's hope. This is a franchise that hasn't had hope in a long time. What's I think hope? it's mis- – the hope is we got Aaron Rodgers. We got a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now, I don't think – I was optimistic like you, Coach, going into this season. Mm-hmm. Next year, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. But as if Jets fans, what else – like, they need hope. And at the very least, they've got hope and that Aaron Rodgers is going to be special and they got a good receiver in Garrett Wilson. They got a good running back in Brees Hall. Defensively, they were good. Yeah. So if I'm just saying from a Jets fan's perspective, because that was the question. Now, I'm not, 
you know, we'll make our picks ways yeah. from now. Right now, I don't look at them as one of the best seven teams in the AFC. No. All right. But Jets fans should have hope, uh, optimism because there is hope. Oh, but what? The hope is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is 40 years old. On, and has, it and has a repaired Achilles. I, I'm with you, but has I know I joke around about the 300 yards thing, even though it's not a joke, it's just a fact. Right. But Green Bay saw him every day and said, you know what? He's done. And then the Jets took a prayer on him with the idea that the Tom Brady script could be written. Like, oh, you'd think he's done, but he's not. I'm just saying, if you're a Jets fan, you have had nothing but disappointment for years. I mean, the good this news is, is something you can latch on to. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to work. I mean, they got rid of the biggest problem in the division, which is Bill Belichick. And I know his numbers were down a little <laughs> bit the last few years, but that's probably the thing that gives you the most hope. At least you don't have to deal with... You know, the, the old Patriots anymore. Bro, I'm, I'm all for healthy optimism. I'm not for delusion. And I think that... Is it impossible I, that Rodgers plays well next year? No, but... No, but it's and impo- if... What, they went seven this year? Hold on. Wait a second. And seven the year before. I, I, yeah. If he plays before. okay, could, is it out I, of this world? So that I think win that the... I think that the Jets, I think they have bad ownership. They have a GM who is drafted well, but in certain spots, but he's also given up control to Aaron Rodgers, clearly, or he doesn't know what he's doing, because he, then he's the one that wanted Alan Lazard and Tim Boyle. A head coach who is as has few accomplishments of any head coach in NFL history to get to year four, and a quarterback who is has he left a team and they instantly got better. Yeah. And he just seems to be m- more of a a headache every the last few years than he has been a great player. I have and the offensive line stinks. I just don't know why you would think they not you, but I don't know why anyone would think they're going to be good. That's accurate analysis. Live from New York, it's the show that tried and failed to talk about Justin Tucker's pregame warmups for the fourth consecutive day. I tried to get it. In. <laughs> yeah, well, I, listen, I'm all for it because I was right because Kelsey could have thrown it. Yeah, out of the stadium, yeah. like brew out there. Uh, today, <laughs> after two comeback victories, I think Cam Newton dropped Brock Purdy in his own personal power rankings. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cam, Lakers in Boston, no AD, no LeBron. Is this a must win for Darvin Ham? Tough spot. <laughs> Tough spot. <laughs> must win without your two best players. Tough spot. Uh, but, of course, it's Thursday at 4 o'clock, which is time for the most motivational segment in all of sports. It's also time where we get to read some viewer mail. Thank goodness. Yeah, for the year 2024, we get tons of mail. Yeah. I'm not talking about email. I'm talking about physical right. letters. Yeah. There will be no cowboy in this segment. You keep I'm not joking. That. I want you to just be in the moment and not have your guard up. <laughs> Bro, trust him. I'm serious this time. I lied the other 100 times. Y'all. Dear Wilds, love the show. We totally understand the first thing's first bowl. But we're all a little lost about the graphic for the super first things first bowl. Please advise Ryan and Brian. Ryan and Brian, you have reason to be. (laughs) So here was the uh, first things first bowl for the AFC championship. Nick was with the Chiefs. I'm above the little arrowhead because I'm also a Chiefs fan, as everyone knows. (laughs) Brew was on the Ravens the whole year. Then we're like, hey, that show was a success. Let's try to brand the Super Bowl as the Super First Things First Bowl. Again, me and Nick with the Chiefs brew, whether it's for the balance of the graphic (laughs) or that we're trying to push you toward the 49ers because we do want a little bit of tension in the show. But you have not made your decision. When are you going to? What's the process? It'll be a while. How long? I don't know. But Midway they, whatever, the second half whenever the, the process, no, it'll be before the game starts. I'll give you that. But whatever the process is, coach, I'm gonna be looking at film. I might see something that I'm not expecting that to see. Nugget. Right, that a little, little nugget. nugget. That's how I went upset alert all year. <laughs> I saw things. And so little you stopped doing that. That y'all playoffs? didn't see. Little thing, y'all so didn't what see. happened in the playoffs? Well, I was 75 percent. No, of no, that's on those picks. All right. So where is the Cowboys? I, really I mean, I don't know how I can handle it yet. Coming down. All right, you were good on that one. All right, uh, at number three, it's really Bill Belichick. Uh. I still don't believe the Cowboys <laughs> make an appearance. Uh, wow, seven head coaching openings, and Bill got none of them. Now, it'd be one thing if he retired. Obviously, we want him to retire with grace and go out, you know, with all the pomp and circumstance that he should after six Super Bowls. 
That wasn't what happened in New England. All right, so I don't think he's retiring. I don't think he's done. But, Bill, this is good for you. Sit back. Atlanta wasn't good for you. They don't have a quarterback, at least not right now. Washington, not good for you. Don't have a quarterback. And what's worse than you not coaching and falling 15 games short of beating Don Shula's all-time wins record is you going somewhere else and coaching poorly Mm. or not winning, all right, because you don't have a quarterback. You think the time when the divorce talk is loud now? Go somewhere and fail and see how loud it is. Mm. So sit back, take a year off. You can really, you know, relax, get away from it a little bit. Coach, go visit some practices. Go see how some other coaches do it. Get to know, study some other coordinators. He's not doing study it. Some, <laughs> study some, this is what the coaches do when they're off. Study offensive coordinators who, other than Josh McDaniels, who do I like? Who's out here? Who's good? And then also wrap your mind around just coaching. Forget all that. I want to run the whole football operations. Even if a team wanted to give you that. They shouldn't and probably wouldn't because of your age. You're 70, you'll be 73 yeah. next year when, when you would start coaching a year from now. So just wrap your mind around just coaching and maybe Buffalo, Dallas, or Philadelphia will open up after next season. Then you can go somewhere where they're ready to win. Mm. So this, is, this could be good for you, Bill. Just get used to it. All right, Bill. Um, Believe in him? Uh, just coach, baby. You've been okay. a great coach. Okay. Just coach, baby. That's what you got to do. Just coach. All right, at number two, we're going to move to the NBA. Joel Embiid. Mm. All right, now, I think everyone on here agrees. He's been playing the best basketball in the league this season. And, and I know you've been going out there with a chip on your shoulder, Joel, because people kind of poo-pooed your MVP last year. They thought, oh, Jokic should have got it. The voters just didn't want to give it to him, and yours was fake, and then you didn't play well in the playoffs. So you come out to prove a point, and you have. But don't let that get the best of you. Your knee is banged up, and forget about making playing the 65 games to make the All-NBA team and win the MVP. That doesn't matter, all right? Take as long as you need to get this knee right. I don't care if you miss the next 15 to 20 games. Sit out, get your knee right for the playoffs because that's all anybody's looking at now with you. They're saying, what will he do in the playoffs? Can he at least get close to a ring at this point? So I think you take your time off. Put your ego aside. Don't worry about the MVP. Don't worry about making All-NBA. Just make sure you get healthy for the playoffs. Joel, I believe in you. All right, at number one, Jerry Jones. All right, Jerry, you got a big offseason. I mean, you got to decide what to do with that. I think you've decided, but you got to pay Dak. You got to pay CeeDee Lamb. You got to pay Micah Parsons. Those are tough decisions. But as you said, you are all in on getting the Super Bowl. Jerry, though, if you're really all in, and we've seen Micah, you know, out here on this podcast saying all these things, driving Coach Mangini crazy. All right, all right. Now, Jerry, if you're really all in, you should set the tone with your football team and stop doing all the media. And if you if you go to Micah Parsons, who I don't think should be doing a podcast this young without any jewelry on yet or, you know, rings, championships. You go to Micah and say, look, Micah, this next year, we are all about football. Period. We're going to win this Super Bowl. All right. First time in 30 years for the Cowboys. I am so all in. I'm not doing any media. So let's you follow like you do what you I do quit and you together. stop doing you yeah, quit your yeah. media off like you stop media. your podcast I'll stop doing all my nonsense and that will set a good culture each other and people think it's silly people think oh what they just talking at no I think it sets a tone in that culture so Jerry if you really want to win that's what you need to do Jerry. I'm watching. There you go. Okay. There you go. Excellent list as always, Thank Chris. I, mean, I don't know how you do it. Uh, I'm going to add one person. I'm going to add uh, Jake Money Moody to the list. The San Francisco Forty Nine. This is a good one. The San Francisco Forty ers rookie kicker, and he he got the nickname in in college. But the reality is, he only kicked or the first time he ever kicked a winning field goal was November of his of of his last year at Michigan, and that was against Illinois. Then you fast forward to this year, he started hot. Missed the field goal against Cleveland for the game winner. He was 24th in field goal percentage. He's missed either a field goal or an extra point in each of the last three games. Uh So there's all those elements, and I've been part of a lot of Super Bowls. 
that came down to the kicker. Let's go. And we all remember those 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 Super Bowls that came down to the kicker and went the other way. So there's a lot of pressure. And here's the other problem. There's bullies in Kansas City. <laughs> I don't know if he's seen the video. <laughs> yes. There's bullies in Kansas City. So you go get a couple of your bigger friends and you set up wherever you want to set up and see whether or not the quarterback wants to kick you out of the way. But don't let him. Don't let him and don't be intimidated by him. And be ready idea. to earn that nickname here in the Super Bowl when you get I a like chance it, to send Cody. Kansas City home. Love Look, it. I like bring Bosa up there with you, yeah, bring, Chase Young. While bring I'm your saying, crew. Let them hold the ball for bring your crew. <laughs> and he's going to have to make some big kicks. We saw him miss one last week. So, uh, yeah, that's good. All right, I, you know I hate to do this, bro. <laughs> I am adding... Chris Broussard oh. to the bud list. You don't Chris Broussard like you don't like to do it. is trying to execute to potentially a flip-flop for the ages. What? I so, have not made a choice. Uh, he's, that's why I said you're contemplating. So a quick history lesson, America. Since we have been back in this studio, mm-hmm. no one has believed less in the Kansas City Chiefs then Chris Broussard, last year Mahomes. picked, you might love Mahomes, last year picked Josh Allen every step of the way to beat them. And then when they when Josh Allen didn't get to the AFC title game, picked Cincinnati to beat them. This year, before the season, Chiefs won't even make the Arrowhead Invitational this season. It's going to have to be held somewhere there was else. No he Arrowhead was half right. It was held somewhere else. But it was no, he didn't think the Chiefs were going to be playing in oh, okay. it. And then the playoffs begin. And he told us, close game against Miami, but the Chiefs can edge it out. And then they blew him out, and he said, well, it was chilly. Then they're playing the Bills. And Brew, 10 toes down for Buffalo. And then the Chiefs beat them, and Brew was like, well, well, they were too injured. And in Baltimore, Brew picked the Chiefs to give up a season high in points, get beat by at least eight points, and was flirting with 14. All the while, Chris Broussard, has been extolling the virtues of one Brock Purdy. And now we have a team he has never believed in playing a player that he says ceiling is the HOF. It is. And Chris Broussard is yet, we all know it, thinking, plotting, trying to find a way to pick Kansas City. And I have one more note here that I have to check. <laughs> that was the, not um, oh, That was oh, not gosh, darn it. Sorry about that. Brew? To quote a wise man, the Chiefs are wasting Mahomes' prime. And no matter how good you are, you don't win it every year. That wise man is is you. You don't win it every year. Keep that in mind when you're making your Super Bowl pick and don't cover yourself in the shame of the ultimate (laughs) flip-flop. Well, so here's the thing. What would the flip-flop be if I picked the Chiefs? Yes. I, I, I'm honestly grinding the film. I know that. You don't have to tell me that. Looking, I'm looking for, because right now I do feel like the Chiefs. See, because I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm looking at Mahomes and it's like, man, this yeah. dude's just winning. But I'm looking for reasons to pick the Niners. And I'm fine. <laughs> so I, I will see. Nice, I will Chris. not be swayed by your yeah, little. Like, you bullies. just did that whole bit so you bullies. can put the Cowboys. I did not do the Cowboys. Wild told me to do it. I did not do that. Wild told me to do it. No Cowboys. Uh, quickly to the world of basketball. If you are excited for the Lakers-Celtics game tonight, well, I've got bad news for you. The Celtics, who are 22-2 and at home, and the Lakers, who are 7-17 and on the road, are about to be, well, 7-18 and because neither LeBron or AD are going to play. That was, that's a controversial call? Well, saying that they're going to lose? Oh, no. I'm just saying you got him on the butt list. He's not even playing tonight. Well, yeah. He can be on the butt. I'm pretty okay. sure they put in. I'm, he's on the bud list, but not because of his performance. The guy is in, as old as I am, and he's playing in the NBA. Is Darvin Ham on the bud list? Maybe. Is Darvin Ham going to make it through this road trip? Uh, maybe they're going to lose tonight. And then you go to Madison Square Garden, where I think, just a little kind of thought, I think LeBron wants to put on a show in Madison I Square agree. Garden. Nick said it would be a tryout. No, you you said that, and I said no. I said said it's like a little bit of a tryout. It's not a tryout, although I do like your idea that he could get traded to the Knicks. I don't know if Rich is talking to Leon. I would hope that they can mend the fences. They don't don't move people to the Knicks. I know, but it would be nice for LeBron to come to the Big Apple and deliver a championship, which they could. Really? 
Well, who are the Lakers by? just giving him LeBron? I just, no, just for the re- no Julius Bunch Randall. Too. You saw Julius that. Randall. Yeah, he's got a Lakers, Lakers in the Julius already. Randall. Yeah, they already. Yeah, they drafted him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Julius and AD played well just, together. Just for the record, just to, just for the LeBron to the Knicks play in the Garden. He's going to put on a big performance on Saturday. Are you now afraid of the Bucks with Doc Rivers? No. We just lost to Portland, and even if they're up 3-1, you're like, we got this. <laughs> I, I like the Celtics right now. Okay, Celtics are very good. Yeah. Well, how's LeBron's career against the Boston? He, exactly. Pretty if the good. Knicks got LeBron, they would be a formidable contender. Ramsey, yes or no? Ramsey doesn't want – Ramsey wouldn't trade LeBron straight up for Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> Ramsey is not the right person. He gets right. He's good. See, I'm just telling you. Oh, oh that was not my thing. <laughs> Cam Newton has been in the studio working. Just dropped Damn. another Brock Purdy diss track. This diss one track. is called He's Not the Tenth Best Player on the 49ers. It's a hot he's one. Not? No, he's no he is the tenth best. Yeah. He's not the tenth. That's the title of the song. Okay. Take a listen. <laughs> I've never said that Brock Purdy was trash or he was inadequate of making plays. What I did say. Is Brock Parity is a game manager? We've already identified, like, <laughs> Brock Parity is not the best player on the offensive side. If you throw in the defensive side, he'll probably, he's probably the 10th best player on the 49ers. <laughs> I yeah. got the title of the song. Yeah. He's the 10th best yeah, player. Yeah, exactly. Not probably. Had it right. And by sorry. the way, sorry, that's the anywhere my between apologies. 5 Cam, and 12. Hey, Cam nailed it. Come on. Oh, oh, hold up. Hold up. I feel just like Cam. I'm not saying Brock Purdy's trash, and what I is did, Brock Purdy? I, so so listen. Very good. I I am not even. It's not like I'm giving anyone who could possibly uh, have the nod over Purdy the nod. Chavarius Ward was an All Pro this year. I don't have him uh, on the okay. list ahead of him. Kyle Uzcheck's best fullback in football, but it's the fullback position. Sorry, but I'm not going to put him ahead of him. So I still had Purdy tenth. So just show. Show him real quick. And maybe you're going to disagree with eight and nine. Maybe you'd have him eight. But Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Fred Warner, Nikki Bosa, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Drake Greenlaw, and Javon Hargrave. Again, if you want to parse that he should be ninth ahead of Hargrave, so be it. That is, and I don't really even care the defensive players ahead of him. I think we all agree. Trent, Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, and Ayuk are better than him, and Debo, when healthy, I think is as well. So, like, it's not a – like, that's not unfair. Well, let, and, and, and since you're not being unfair to him, yes. first of all, if if that were true, there's no shame in that. Because okay. I remember one Terry Bradshaw. Oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. These Joe, guys, me Coach – I mean, you guys are all young show. except me and yeah. Coach. Um, oh, Coach is pretty young, too. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. These Just guys, fired. I think, were better than Terry Bradshaw. Okay. Mm-hmm. Franco Harris, mm-hmm. uh, Mean Joe Green, yeah. Jack Lambert, yeah. Mel Blunt, yeah. Mike Webster. Maybe. Now, go Webster's ahead. one of the best centers ever. And maybe even Jack Ham. They all may have more accolades than Bradshaw. Then Bradshaw was an MVP in 78 but only made three Pro Bowls. These guys got eight, nine Pro Bowls. So, Dak, your MVP, Ken. Uh, Mike is better. I think CD is better. Zach Martin's better. Two guys on Maybe the offense. Maybe Duran. No, two guys on Lane. Dak's offense okay. are better at their job than he is at his. So, his left guard and his wide receiver. For, for Purdy, it's five guys well, on the offense. Here's my list. Trent Williams, I agree, number one. Fred Warner, I got two. Sure. McCaffrey, three. I'm going to give it to Kittle, but I think, obviously, tight end is an easier position to play. I'm not saying it's easy, but then quarterback. Mm -hmm. I got Brock fifth. I'm going on this year. I'm putting Bosa six this year. Their defense getting run all over. Okay, well, that's not All right, that defense getting run all over. I got Debo a couple years ago, before the injury, I thought Debo was arguably the best football player on the planet. Yeah. But because of the injuries, I got him down. Then I got Ayuk. So I got a five. Okay. This is, this is rare, and yes. it took till Thursday to get there. But I, I agree with Nick. Of course, I, of I, course you do. No, of course you do. Of course <laughs> I do. This is, this yeah, is rare. This is rare. You ain't like Purdy or Lamar all and, year. And, and like, like Nick said, you can maybe play around with spot eight, spot nine. But if you were looking at a, at a draft and, and you had to pick and 
you're going through those guys, you'd probably you'd probably take Brock right where he is when you when you've got that list of players. Greenlaw is I love Greenlaw. I, I mean, I listen. Never like I said, ball. if we want to argue about Greenlaw and Hargrave, but I, that's why I tried to be fair. Tavarius Ward was a second team All Pro this year. No, I didn't Ward include him on there, Ward and so. Tough. The, and Juszczyk is the best fullback in football. I didn't include him on there. It's, this this yeah, is the problem that I think a lot of folks – where I relate to Cam Newton is, well, not only our sense of style, but also <laughs> um, <laughs> it, folks one. have twisted refusing to give unearned flowers with unearned? hating. Unearned? Yeah, What's I think, Calling Brock Purdy an MVP candidate. I felt was Only unearned. everybody that covers football the, believes that okay, he's an MVP No, no, no. Bro, I cover football. Cam Newton covers not football. Not as a reporter. The, the, okay, but clearly not all we, the reporters voted for him, bro. Some but he's did. in the top yes, five. Yes, enough, enough voted for him that he was there. Those of us that think he's not that, those of us that question should he be in the top five MVP candidates of the San Francisco 49ers? That is not being a hater. Well, but here's the thing. You cannot be the best player, and the MVP has become a quarterback award. That's crazy because we just those talked same about voters it. invited his running back. We just talked – fine. It's not – running backs have won it too. It's either quarterback or running back, period. But he it's – it's a quarterback award. You just said Dak – was the third best player on his offense. Yeah. Yeah, he was your MVP vote. Why? Because he's a no, quarterback. Lamar was my MVP vote. But, but he was – you had Dak late in the season because he's a quarterback. That's all that's going on with Purdy. Metal's time, Clippers, Wizards. Harden to Daniel Tice. Against the Wizards, I thought it was half points. Two-thirds against the Wizards. Two-thirds against the Wizards, half for certain categories against the Pistons, and not surprisingly, people that played them both made the medal stand. Bronze, Kawhi, in that very same game, 31-9-4. And And again, a little fuzzy math here with the Clippers, or with the Wizards reduction, it turns into a very respectable 27-8-3, still good enough for a bronze. Silver medal, Kevin Durant. On his old stomping grounds, Bruise Nets, back for one night only, 33-5-8. And a nice win for the Suns over the Nets. And then a gold, Donovan, 45-6-8, but it's against Detroit, so a nice 38-4-6. But still, that is enough for a medal, for a gold medal. There's a medal scene from last night in the association. Uh, Lake Show on a little bit of a losing streak here. LeBron sending out cryptic hourglass tweets and non-supportive glances to Darvin Ham. This time, he will do it in street clothes because he is not playing against the Celtics. Neither is AD. Drew, you were surprised when we told you this before the show. Yeah, look, if if LeBron and AD are genuine, AD may be genuinely hurt, um, and you want to get him rested and get the knee right. LeBron, at his age, it's tough to blame him. Hope, I mean, if he's just sitting out, that's a tough one. But if he's legitimately a little sore and banged up, I get that. But look, the question is Darvin Ham. You know, it, I mean, I don't think they should fire him. I, we talked yesterday, it, what's the answer? Like, are you just going to fire him, keep paying him, and bring in somebody else that probably doesn't turn it around? This is a guy, whatever you think of him, that got you to the Western Conference Final last year, that won the in-season tournament, whatever that means. And so, and they've beaten good teams. They've beaten Oklahoma City twice, right? They've beaten the Clippers. Well, well what LeBron so, said right is they yeah, can beat he is right they can about lose anyone. I, my takeaway was actually something very different about these two guys sitting out. Uh, NBA schedule makers – if the biggest attraction in your league is the oldest player in the league, don't have him on national TV two games in a row. Because if LeBron needed the game off and he's playing tonight on TNT and Saturday on ABC at the Garden, he's yes, going to miss one of them. When you're, you, the whole business model is built around a 40-year-old, so playing out the game is better. Okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's a t-